0: Is it, is it well? It's uh yeah, Ella. Your Mac is wrong. It's uh it's just turned nineteen hundred. I got the tech working. I I, I trialled it, tested it. Oh my goodness and golly and gosh. How is everyone? Are you all well? how how's how, how uh how's how everyone's Wednesday going? Mine's been dreadful, uh because of Canada. Uh, <laughs> Canada. Ugh, I'm shaking my fist. Right. So. Everyone can hear me. Good, excellent. Uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. There we are. I needed that. Oh, marvelous. So, uh, hopefully, everyone's uh, hopefully everyone's well. On uh, on your. There we go. So, yeah, that's it. We are. Um, shall I, wait a minute. Let me let me do this. Let me do. Let me get get up. Let's get this big. Hello, everyone. Hello. I have a I have a humorously heady beer here, which is nice. Cause it smells nice. Um, you can all hear me. Good. I've had some people have had good Wednesdays. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, you can't see me. or well, you can now. Um, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm delaying already, but that's because I'm just actually taking a moment to just soak in everyone being here, and everything is everything's okay. There we go. So, um, you can't see me. Can you, can you not, Big Face not engaged properly? I'm pretty sure it's it's here. Can people hear me, see me? Confirm that you can hear me and see me, and then I'm happy. Um, no, oh, no, you can't see me. What, what, that, that's, that cannot be right. No, it must be. Reload the page. I am here. Yeah, do some F5s on your page. I am here, um, you just can't see me. Uh, right, without further ado, Let's um, let's let's crack on. We're gonna we're gonna go straight to the news. What has been in the news this week? Uh, it's gonna be an interesting episode, but we're gonna start with the news. So, um, that's right. It's the budget, or rather, the national spending spending review, uh, out of which has been spat this thing, the national infrastructure strategy, which I've not really um, not really looked at yet, uh, other than. Uh, some vague chatterings on Twitter. Uh, Nigel Harris, one of my various bosses, wasn't particularly impressed by it. Um, I, I have to say, from some of the rhetoric I've seen, I'm not very impressed with it. You get down to like, uh, what is it, page page 41, and almost uh, almost immediately you you reach this. Uh, Uh, yeah, that's right. It was uh, beaching, um, not not great. But anyway, next n- the news thing because I'm sure we'll unpick that in a future episode. I-, I think we're all fully booked now until January, so perhaps we'll go through the national st- infrastructure strategy, which is not a strategy as far as I can tell, for having having seen the chat. But anyway, we'll get there. In any case, um, the next item of the news: uh, TransPennine Express. They did a whoopsie, and they managed to break a record. Hooray! Um, so. Uh, what happened? Well, we have no idea, and there'll be a proper report into this because actually it's quite a dangerous. Uh, uh, okay, rail industry. Whoever's on there, um, David Shearer's is with us, so David Shearer's is um, uh, has the capacity to to hunt out things. In any case, um, the rail industry needs to they need to publish a report on this because it's a pretty scary incident. Uh, a TransPennine Class 802 uh, managed to reach 148 miles an hour uh, between the Thwaiteon and Thirsk. Uh, in-service, full of pass well, not full of passengers, let's face it, like mostly not full of passengers, but uh, probably, with, you know, there were passengers in it, it was an in-service train, which means that it's broken the record for the fastest timetabled in-service passenger train off of High Speed 1 in the UK, which is quite something. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, not ideal, but they have got, that does mean that Transpen and it have got that record. I- I've got a sneaking suspicion that they won't advertise that particularly loudly. In any case, uh, there's a there's a there's a discussion, and I uh, it's on either side uh, of the, there's a bit of a discussion on either side about whether it was a driver error or whether it was a problem with the system limiter, which is why there needs to be a proper report because uh, the people who have told me uh, which one it probably is are people who have a vested interest in it being the one that they said it is. So I have to say to those who've said that. I don't believe you. I'm not believing it until I see it in a report, sorry. Uh, In any case, there we go. Whoopsie-dupsie. What's next? Um, Ah, yes. Ah, Cam. Lovely Cam. What's gone wrong? Well, um, everything's going wrong with Cam uh, because currently it is... uh, Well, there's there's problems with its finances uh, already. The boss that they were expecting to take over hasn't taken over it. Uh, Oh, crikey. Yeah, just... um, just, yeah, no. What are people saying? Elle, oh, yeah, Ella. That's on High Speed One though. They can only do 186 miles an hour when they're on High Speed One. So my point is, it's off off High Speed One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the UK, off HS One. Yeah, Michael C's got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Everyone's everyone's getting the record right. So, uh, yeah, Cam is in trouble already. If you don't know what that is, wait a minute. Let's go back to Big Face momentarily. Big Face is here. Uh, I, Nigel. Uh, as was um was well, in fact, I was asked to write about it. By by, um, my esteemed uh, sub-editor. Where is it? Oh, there he is. Oh, no, that's not it. It's... Oh, is it this? Oh. It's over here. I'll be back in a moment. Oh, crikey Mikey. There we go. Wrong, 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 uh, wrong issue of rail. There we are. I'm at the back, I think, because uh, people have they put me in as a columnist so that they, I can get, don't get told off too much. I've seen I've shown you this already. I'm in here. Anyway, go and have a read. It's, uh, I think it's still on shelves. If not... Uh, I'll pop it on to medium in uh, in a short while. In any case, yeah, that. So, the news. That was the news. Uh what else have we got? Let's let's see. Oh, there's some chatter happening already. So let's I'm going to try the, this one's going to hopefully be a bit more a uh, bit more chat engaging as, as it has been in the past. Um so uh how big is the Cambridge urban area? Oh gosh. Uh in terms of total population, it's about it's about 50th in the UK uh someone else was pointing out that it's about 27th in terms of employment uh, potential but uh yeah it's still not yeah it's it's like from my perspective i'm not so interested in employment i'm impl- interested in just just people because people who aren't employed also have a right to have access to public transport in any case uh what are the other questions we've had matt reed is asking with ca- the cambridge uh, autonomous metro uh, will they bin off the guided busway yep the guided busway gets kiboshed. Um, Weirdly, they'll be kiboshing a guided busway with a non-guided busway, which is also just known as a bus. Very, very strange. Um, give TP the 373, says Eurostar Lover 009. Well, indeed. Um, David Shepard asks, could beaching lines be reopened as shuttle services to third platforms next to main lines to avoid capacity impacts? Uh, the trouble is, that won't solve the capacity problem. It'll it'll make it worse still, because you, you'd you be stopping existing trains to interface with those platforms. So, no... Uh, yeah, uh, see see the previous Rail Natter on Peaching. In any case, let us let us let us press on. So if I return this cam, the lovely cam logo, um, let's crack on with the episode, shall we? Uh welcome to tonight's Rail Natter. City 225 fading away into the distance we're going to start with them um, well we're first of all going to start by bringing up my tiny face hello my tiny face is here I'm very purple because there's a very purple screen in front of me we're gonna start with talking about gadget bands what is a gadget band uh, well, for those of you who've watched one of my previous videos, uh, then you should all be, know, or, or indeed spend any time on my Twitter feed. I'm sure you all know what a gadget ban is. But for those of you who don't do any of those things, uh, congratulations. It's a good idea for all sorts of reasons. But a gadget ban is defined as, well, this is sort of a bit of a hybrid definition. I've pulled There's, there's a de- definition on Wiktionary, but also um, uh, I've sort of slightly embellished it. In public transport transportation concepts, often speculative, which seem to be infeasible or unnecessary. Uh, that's the definition of gadget ban. Uh, in public transport, transportation concepts, often speculative, which seem to be infeasible or unnecessary. Wiktionary points out that it's slang, it's a transport term, and it's derogatory, all of which are true. Uh, so that's that's what a gadget ban is, and that's essentially what the theme of tonight's rail matter is going to be. Um and I'm gonna be explaining why it's important to point out gadget bans, to shout about them, and generally annoy people about them, and ideally do so in such a way that your elected members, uh, councillors or uh, whoever it happens to be, notice and decide not to do it. Um so that's a gadget ban. Uh the next thing is oh yeah, that, well basically okay, there's there's like a tilder uh, definition, which is does it have pods? If it has pods, chances are it's a gadget ban. Um so the, the, this 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 thing this this uh, gadget band definition. Well, I first came upon it in a video by um, by Do Not Eat, uh, and um, yeah, so that was so I was like, oh, that's 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 quite a good description. And then then and it, originally it was uh, Anton Dubrow's uh, Catbus blog, where where he goes through and, and defines gadget band really quite neatly. And I'd recommend going and finding that. You can find it really easily. Just search um, just search Catbus gadget band, and it, it's like the first uh, first. Uh, first hit so i'd strongly recommend going and having a, a read of that because it's useful to just understand what it is why it's important why why we, why we need to give a name give a label to things um well it's kind of the opposite of why for me it's important to not call things that are uh are basically to not misname things metros it's it's the same sort of thing it's it's a, it's there is an important political uh decision and choice underlying it and, it's, and uh and it's so calling it for what it is is very important um Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the video where I, I kind of explain and describe what a gadget ban is in this video. So I'm not going to go into great image, you know, kind of uh, pictorial detail about it. But uh, this episode where I talk about maglev, uh, which is in and of itself a gadget ban, um, this episode uh, of uh, of my gadget ban series, uh, I go into that. So, yeah, yeah, go and have a look. So... Okay, so I very, very briefly talked about what a gadget ban is. But how do these things, that are you know, if it's a gadget ban, presumably, and a derogatory term, presumably it's a bit rubbish, and there are clearly better options. So how on earth do these things pick up traction? How do people start actually, you know, how do these ideas find their way into the into the public realm? How do people justify coming, you know, how do they get beyond the, the sort of the, the sketchboard? Well, um, I'm going to go through five different fo- uh, kind of ploys that are pulled by... Um, progenitors of these ideas in order that you can hopefully spot them and undermine them unpick them and get get kind of get past them uh, so that we can call them out and and essentially uh well we we'll, at the end we'll discuss why it's important to point them out so the first of these um right so uh, while i keep that up i will answer a couple of questions matt reed is asking is the cambridge autonomous metro a gadget ban absolutely it is yeah um L.A. developer series, he says. Don't even mean single video with potential? Yes, it is. Well, I'm getting there. You know, edited videos take a huge amount of time, which is something that I've not had this year. So, but I am. I'll. I'm going to tease the next one in, uh, later on, and I do have some short ones that I'm going to record as well. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um. So uh, let's go in with the next one. I, I just spotted in the chat that someone said Elon's joined the chat. Possibly. Um. In any case, the number one ploy um the it's the future ploy uh, and we're gonna so we're gonna go through each of these ploys and for each ploy i'm gonna refer to um either a gadget ban or or a sort of an associated concept so so in this case hyperloop is what i'm gonna pick on so that it's the future ploy this is the key thing so
1: imagine traveling nonstop at up to
0: six you can hear this silly video hopefully i'm talking over it nice and loudly look at this snazzy silly video It's a a new mode of transportation, it it isn't, it's not new. Um, So look at these, these, this all looks very snazzy, doesn't it? It's like, ooh, look at this, very snazzy. But actually, what they're describing in this video is a technology that is the best part of 50 years old. Um, That thing that they've just unpicked, which is a desk fan, uh, weirdly. Um, is, uh, was was uh, invented by, or was certainly sort of developed into a, a kind of a, a, a formal system by, uh, by Eric Lathwaite, who's a Lancastrian, who's probably about as far from Elon Musk as you can possibly imagine. But this stuff, this is all just old. This is old. This is old, this is old news, and yet it's in a very glossy, shiny video. Now, the reason why. Wait a minute, they're still going. Oh, goodness. They are again like anyone who's sensible looking at this video goes that's bonkers. Well, that's going to be energy-efficient not Anyway There it is maglev, but with vacuum cleaners Very good anyway, right. Let's skip this horrible video because actually the reality is that this is what hyperloop looks like it's a uh, it's a big pipe on a concrete plinth and there's a one 500-meter scaled-down test track and then in the Nevada desert. And then there's this one. I don't know where this one is. I think it might be in France, um, which is uh, Hyperloop Transportation Technologies one, which, again, it's just it's just a pipe. We've been building pipes for a very long time. It's not that exciting. Um, again, yeah, you just look at this, and, and, I'm, and I'm just thinking, bearing in mind the whole system is predicated on the idea of being, like, the, it, it can't be tunneled. The system it doesn't allow tunneling. The, the whole business model collapses, so it has to be on, on the surface. Which for me then begs the question: Where the heck are they putting this? Given that it has to be in a straight line, because nowhere in Europe is going to be able to suit this tech anyway. So that's kind of by the by. The ploy we're talking about is that it's the future ploy. Now the point of this is: the is you'll often hear people go into you. They'll go, "Yeah, but the railways were they were the future once, and people fought against them." It's an absolutely classic ploy that tries to suggest that that people opposing this junk are luddites. When the reality is that history isn't actually history does not actually repeat itself. History. Um, is uh, it's a very easy, lazy thing to say about history, but it doesn't repeat itself because history is complicated, uh, a tangled web of different variables and everything, every different circumstance is different. There are echoes perhaps, but actually nothing repeats itself. So there are good solid reasons why um, rail is still going. I mean, I, I often say 200 years after it was developed, but actually rails, you know, railway track railway infrastructure that that you or i would recognize has existed for more than 300 years actually uh it's it's an incredibly old system of technology kind of like i don't know the water pipe the reason that the the railways have lasted as long as they have is because it's technology that works very very well very efficiently and the reason other things haven't succeeded uh, is because they don't work quite as well and this is another typical example so that the so it's important to fight the It's the future. It's like saying warp drive, and and, and, you know, we should pause all other transport development and investment because at some point in the future there might be Star Trek transporters or warp drive. Like, okay, well, fine, you keep doing that. But tell you what, in the meantime, let's use the solutions we have. So, um, Hyperloop. Uh, I'm not going to talk about why it's completely rubbish because the next, uh, as as Ella was hinting at me, um, the next statement. Uh, the next video, rather, in my Gadget Band series to make it into a series of two uh, is going to be about Hyperloop, uh, which is yeah, why Hyperloop is exactly as daft as it sounds. So I'm not going to go into all the reasons why Hyperloop is complete rubbish, um, but it is. Uh, uh, but suffice to say, it's a common uh, repost of all of its progenitors that, that oh, rail was, you know, rail was the future once. Um, so so just just ignore those people, basically. Um, I'm going to put the Hyperloop picture back up, actually. So. Uh, there are some questions. I'm going to do my very, very best to pick up these questions. Uh, so there are, so there are always queer, and, and I'll get to this. It's important part of this episode is going to be about ways to argue against this stuff and ways not to argue against this stuff, and um, because one of the a few lots of arguments I see against hyperloop are very much the wrong arguments to be made. And I think it's important that that people who are fighting against this junk do so with the right approach and not trying to battle these tech loonies um, at their own game. Uh, Chris McKenna asks, what happens when a lorry drives into the pipe? Uh, To be fair, the same thing that happens when a lorry drives across a level crossing. Um, Like, you you design the system to avoid that happening. So that's not necessarily too much of an issue. David Shepard, why can't they put hyper poop in the ground? Is it because TBM segments are not airtight? Um, No, not necessarily. You can develop airtight tunnels underground. I'm sure you can. It's just that from a cost perspective, it costs more. And they've only developed their silly business, basically complete, they're they're trying to suggest... Bebop Gresta, whatever his name is, um, that's probably quite rude, actually. It's not his fault that he's got a – unless he chose that name and he has got a normal name. But Bebop, I think, is the name of the the guy who's the face of um, Hyperloop transportation technologies. I was in a session with him in Milton Keynes, and he is a, a dismal human being, it has to be said. Um, however, he he constantly was harping on about the fact that railways don't pay for themselves and they have to be subsidized, uh, and Hyperloop will pay for itself. Uh, and then he had to stress that it only pays for itself when you put it on stilts like this. Um, so it's not that it doesn't work. It's just that they their business, bearing in mind they're trying to make out as if it's some magical, self-contained, perfect financial uh, sort of. Uh, I'm thinking of rude words I could say for it. Circle something or other. And um, it uh, it's trying to suggest that, which is why you know it's it's got to pay for itself. So. That's why they come up with nonsense like it's only it only works on stilts. So it's not it's not that the techn- the engineering is a problem. It's just their silly business model stops it being a thing. So they're not developing. No one is ha- currently developing Hyperloop as a, as a tunnelled solution. They're all developing it as on stilts, which should say a lot about it. Um, some people talking about whether it can go around curves. It probably will be able to go around curves without too much of a problem. It's just they'll be very 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 shallow. So to the to the onlooker and indeed to all the infrastructure that it would result in being kiboshed, you need lots of them uh you'd you'd, it it would look like a straight line sorry Uh, and also the other fact is that you need lots of them for it to even approach the capacity of current rail systems so um yes uh we'll get to that we'll get to that and as i say i'll get there are loads of threads i've done on why hyperloop's bad so i'm not going to get into the details of that now because you know we're 20 minutes in so uh lots of what else have we got people also oppose brunel gauge and who's laughing now Nice one, Simons. Yep, I think uh, I think I follow your logic there. Uh, Matt Reed asks, "Do I have any thoughts on what will replace rail?" Nope, none at all. I have no idea what will replace rail. Uh, probably nothing for a very long time because rail is unbeatably energy efficient. It's, it's it's been around for, as I say, like the concept has been around since the Greek since Greek times. Um, rail railways plateways as we'd, rec- as we'd recognize them have been around for at least three hundred years, and you know, arguably you could say four or even five hundred years. So. Um, it's, it's a bit like asking, what will replace roads? Uh, um, so, uh, next question. Here we go. We go, crikey. The, the, the ats are appearing. If you want me to answer a question, by the way, at, at me in the chat, because it appears in red and it's really easy for me to spot. Um, Kentish, Rail, uh, Kentish Railways asks, what happens if you get a bridge strike equivalent on a hyperloop tube? Again, similar thing if you as if you get a bridge strike on a on a high speed railway, you 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 know it's bad but you design it out. That, that those aren't reasons for it to be a problem. Well, I'll I'll get to that shortly. Anyway, right, let's let's crack on. So, that was ploy number 1. Oh yeah, there they are. So that's the next episode. I'm doing a very bad job of audio describing this, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, so number 2 is the bait and switch ploy, which is a really critical one and it's very very common. Um, Josh Likes Cola says Maglev will probably replace rail once infrastructure becomes cheap to build. No, that's not true, Josh. Maglev is a gadget ban. It's it's it is only applicable uh, either for very low speed, like personal rapid transit gimmicks, or where you've built an exhaustive high speed rail system. Sorry to everyone who's watching this video who thinks Maglev's a good idea. Go watch my video on it. It's not. So the bait and switch ploy featuring the Cambridge Autonomous Metro. I've put lots of asterisks in there because the Cambridgeshire Autonomous Metro, as someone pointed out, uh, its entire name is wrong. I didn't put this in my rail piece, so that was a mistake. But actually, it's not entirely in Cambridgeshire, so the Cambridgeshire bit's wrong. It isn't autonomous at all, so it's so that bit's wrong. And it's definitely not a metro, so that bit's wrong. So its entire name is nonsense. Anyway, that's sort of by the by. We're going to use the Cam as, our, um, as my explainer for the bait and switch ploy which is going to involve us watching a a little video. So let's watch this video.
1: Cambridge is a world famous city for lots of good reasons, one of which being we've got world class economy here, but we don't have world class infrastructure to match the needs of that economy. Cambridge is a great city, but it really does struggle with getting people to move around. And we need to find ways of getting people out of their cars into public transport, but the transport has to be better than the car. For the club, we want to make ourselves as accessible to the whole of Cambridgeshire. Finding a public transport solution to that is really important. Recent research has showed us
0: that uh, Cambridge's growth is constrained by a lack of world-class infrastructure. And game-changing infrastructure like a metro would enable growth across a wider region. So I'm just going to pause it there. Has anyone noticed any mention of... um, Like, has anyone noticed anything that suggests what type of system this should be yet? Or have you noticed that they're just talking about reasons why Cambridge is struggling and the, the, the fact they've got uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah let, let's let's keep going. Cam is needed in
1: Cambridge here in Peterborough because there's been a lack of investment into the road network, a lack of investment into the rail network. The buses are held up because of the congestion. We need to do something radical in Cambridge here. The answer isn't just to build more and more roads, the answer is to build world class public transport.
0: yeah see, see, what, see what i'm talking about here uh that's even jimmy p there at what point did he what point did he describe anything that requires some bonkers bespoke solution let's keep going Don't worry, there's not long left
1: is a public transport solution for Cambridgeshire. It's our opportunity to prove that you can have world-class public transport in a county the size of Cambridgeshire and in a town like Cambridge, and I think it will be transformational for the county. Interesting. As a club we engage a lot in the community but the stadium we've got built in the 1930s wasn't designed with that in mind. A new stadium designed for the 21st century with good transport links is key, we think, to the future of the club. The CAM will have a pivotal role in promoting sustainable
0: economic growth and improving quality of life not only within Cambridge but across a wider region.
1: I believe that CAM will be transformational. I believe that People will find it so easy to use cam that they will use it as a preference to the car. It is our desire that people will leave their cars at home and use the cam, which will be autonomous. It will
0: run late night, it will run... <laughs> I watch watched that bit in the video. I didn't know he said it was autonomous. <laughs> I didn't know he said it was autonomous. That's good, that's very good. Also, don't laugh at the shoebox, given their discussions about railway stations recently. Oh my goodness. Oh, let's, let's see what else he has to say. ...early, and they will use it not just for work, but for leisure too. I'd be delighted if local people
1: were to take part in the consultation. It's very important to us to hear their views. So if you want to have your say, if you want CAM, if you want world-class public transport, come on, join us uh, and take part in this consultation.
0: Oh, my goodness me. So, did anyone watching that video see any reason, any justification within that uh, to to indeed select what type of system it's, it's running? Or did you just see a load of descriptions of problems that every town or city has without dedicated mass transit? Because this is precisely what every single gadget band progenitor does. In this case, it's particularly heinous because... You have a video and indeed a consultation where the decision as to what type of system it's going to be has already been made. And so they've just gone, would you like public transport? And then ask the, the the city that. And of course, the city then goes, well, yeah, they have no choice as to what the system is going to be. They're just they're just being presented with there's going to be public transport. Which means then that you, you saw that within that video, you, you, and it did tickle me, I'm afraid Uh, that he mentioned that it was autonomous. Firstly, it isn't. It explicitly says in the report that defines this system that it is not autonomous. It says it in clear writing, as I put in my article. It is not autonomous. And then he also implies that somehow that's going to make a difference to to people's desire to ride it. Now, don't get me wrong. The Docklands Light Railway not having a driver at the front, meaning that you can sit at the front and watch the train go along, is brilliant. But you can also do that on the Tynanway Metro, and there's a driver next to you in that one. So... It's not necessary to have the you know, you know the the front window experience. So what's the why? Why does he mention autonomous as if it's a, oh yeah that's right because it's entirely a vanity project about him, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And it's so often that these sorts of if you spot a gadget ban, the chances are there will be a a, a vain politician connected with it who has been bought hook, line, and sinker, or indeed has has asked a consultancy to come up with something radical. And basically has scored the consultancy who come up with the proposal based on how wacky the crazy ideas they come up with. Irrelevant of the value of, um, of, of the need, indeed, for, for the city to have proper public transport. All the stuff there, there's a lot of people saying that was a load of old waffle. Well, to an extent, but actually everything in there you could apply to a conventional light rail system you know to to uh, to uh, actually MCS is really the correct term and MCS is, is like the Nottingham trams, Sheffield tram, super tram, all these things. They're all they're all called MCS medium capacity systems because they're they're a bit more than an old tram and they're and they're a bit more than, than kind of light rails is a bit of a mis- mis- misnomer for for what they are. They they're more of a, a kind of a dedicated urban system. It's a step down from a proper metro, which is what came, what Cambridge and the wider region needs. It needs a modern tram system, an MCS. And the idea that this system, which is just ex- very, very expensive buses with, um, I mean, I've done it again, I've done a thread on cam. It's junk. It's complete. It's a junk idea from top to bottom. You may well need a little bit of tunneling here and there for even for an MCS. Fine. Do that. But to suggest that you need a five billion pound system just to suggest that five billion pounds is best spent on a bus on, 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 on buses. And delaying any intervention, you JP talked about um, he talked about traffic there repeatedly. Well, take the cars away then. <laughs> it's, just, it's just if you if you want to reduce traffic, the only way to reduce traffic and to reduce congestion is to reduce the number of vehicles on the road. Absolutely, do Lally. Absolutely, do Lally. Anyway, uh, right, where are we? Let's let's have a look. So, uh, oh yes. Yeah. So the chat. So we've got. Um, let's have a look so there's there's so 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 are some challenges yeah al store is pointing out that there there's no space in the city center to have separated cycleways and tramways the streets are very narrow well there are a couple of levels on that firstly uh i disagree with with that Uh, you can always the, the challenge with compatibility of um tramways and cycleways in britain where it's dangerous edinburgh is a good example of this is because you have Three modes intersecting. You've got buses and, and private vehicles and trams and bicycles. If you only, if you exclude everything but trams and bicycles, you can create safe intersecting cycleways and tramways. It's only when you introduce the third mode of traffic, so you introduce sort of other private vehicles or buses into that mixture, that it becomes unsafe. There's lots of evidence uh, kind of showing that, and it's and it's important to not. to basically the actually cycleways and tramways make quite good bedfellows um so long as you design the urban realm correctly um there are lots of pl- places in Europe where it's just you know, you have an in- a compatibility a compatibility of the two systems without a problem uh, it's it's an excuse to avoid the quickest easiest and uh, kind of most cost effective isn't the word i i, I want to use most engineering effective because we have a very very short if there's a shortage of heavy rail engineers, there is a massive shortage of light rail engineers in the, in the UK, specialists who can design this sort of system. That's why we entirely outsource them, pretty much all of them get entirely outsourced um, to, to mainland Europe. In any case, that was CAM, and that was the, the idea. And it's let's skip that video. And, and It comes to this sketch here um euroblook uh, 26 points out that it is autonomous in the sense that the public aren't being consulted yeah very good point um yeah Kentish trail sorry i know i was being foreseeing you, you're right the, the waffle comment is more that um at no point do they give any facts or figures on what cam will look like um uh yeah so yeah robin weston agrees so talking about the mix of traffic that kind of makes sense intuitively yeah it does uh, at some point i need to find some of these papers and disseminate them because it, it is important but uh, you know hashtag build trams uh, there was another query about MCS. Ned Carlson, isn't MCS more properly referring to light Metro uh, than things that don't need full grade separation? Uh, yeah, yeah but, um, no, MCS, yeah, there's a bit of a mixture of definitions, but I'd say that MCS does cover, so Metrolin covered call an MCS. It, it does kind of cover that that hybrid where you don't have full segregation and and, and you have lower capacities. Um, uh, yeah, David Thompson, Thompson asks, uh, why Runcorn's BRT system never caught on? Don't know, but uh, I'm not a fan of BRT. In fact, I'm not a fan of this phrase BRT, bus rapid transit. It's just, it's just a bus system. It's just a better bus system, and I, and I, I don't think I don't think we should be afraid of just having better buses. I don't think we should have to give it a fancy name to to be a, a proper bus system. Um. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, lots of people making the autonomous joke. Yeah. Very very true. Um. Green Steve is confused. Uh, is asking, is this a bus tunnel like in Seattle or a tram? No, it's just a bus tunnel. It's just a very big bus tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, they're battery buses. they run in tunnels in the centre of the city. It's as simple as that. Anyway, right. Let's talk about what's on screen. So, on here is a sketch I made a very long time ago. Probably wasn't that long ago, like two years ago, two three years ago. And um, describing the main problem with pretty much all of these uh, gadget bands, which is which is two things really. So so on the one hand, you've, well three things, but there are two factors here that are things that. Um, so people are always willing. So we've just talked about market demand basically. So so the the the, sw- the, the bait and switch. Primarily, it's often about market demand. So um, talking about the fact that, oh, this city or this region needs an improvement in public transport. It needs, you know, there's congestion, it's bad, there's pollution, we want to reduce greenhouse gases. All the kind of sensible stuff, you know, market demand. Great. Yeah, that's fine. They talk about that. And then, on the other hand, you've got people who are obsessively arguing about the abilities of the technology. So, you know, the fact that it's autonomous, using the word metro um you know saying oh it'll run without you know it's trackless or um or i don't know it's a vacuum system so that it can go super fast or it'll reach a thousand kilometers an hour or or i don't know um any of the nonsense that loop tries to sell its junk on they you know they're obsessed with fighting about the technology going on about oh it can platoon it can do this it can do that utter nonsense um and meanwhile, and this this discussion, they, they go round and round and round and round. So the discussion between the demand, the market demand, and the abilities of the technology, and that and that discussion can go on infinitely. It's like arguing with a pig in shit. You, you, there's no point trying to trying to win because the pig's enjoying itself too much. Um, and all of the time, ta- all 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 the while, missing out on well, I've I've only picked on one thing here, but there are other elements. But for me, always the main one is system capacity. They ignore the fact that. You know system capacity, but also things like you know better systems already exist. Systems that are well established and have a an existing uh, kind of safety framework and 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 uh, and regulatory framework exist already. Um, and anything you know not choosing to do those delays things for a very long time. So they always miss these kind of key questions. So system capacity is is, is one of the main ones by which I mean um, you know how many people the system carries. Kind of a big deal when you're talking about public transport. Actually moving people around is is important. So basically the, the the crux of this and I think I'll press on it I'll kind of press the point home again stop arguing with people about the technologies just don't even have that argument go straight for the jugular and ask how many people it moves per hour per direction and and the market demand thing is something so generally on the Twitter sphere it's the technology discussions that are the ones that's happening so this this nonsense is happening on the on the social media can I do the bird there we are. Tweet. There is the, the, and the, the, the other bit here. That's that's Twitter. There we are. Brilliant. Uh, some the, uh, that's happening on social media, and this is happening uh, in 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 kind of uh, the newspapers. Uh, there we are. This is me drawing a newspaper. Uh, and let's do it. Yeah, like a yeah. There we are. Lovely. That's that's a red top. Newspapers are happening, and that's the discussion. Sort of the chattering classes are having the chats about market demand, and all the business people and sort of the the venture capitalists talking about market demand, as if the system can just magically. Uh, accommodate all that demand, independent of the fact that it can't move anyone. So uh, yes, Ella Wacom tablet. I know, I know. I like the, I like my, uh, you know, dismal drawing. It's, uh, it brings character to the, to the episode, right? In any case, this sketch is, is something to bear in mind, right? And it's not just Cambridge. So so I've said that loads of things do this. This is this is an example of a Hyperloop system. They go on and on about this. There's like pages and pages of economic analysis and, and like trip analysis. And you know, they've gone to this, they say, oh, we did this amazing appraisal model. It's like, well, yeah, great. But um, that appraisal model just works for any form of public transport. Because certainly in places like the US, for the most part, the existing public transport system is, is, is almost non-existent, certainly when it's regional or, you know, there is no high-speed rail in, in the United States at all. There's the, you know, the, the, the North Northeast corridor uh, is, is 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 nippy, but it's fast in the sense that, you know, the Great Western Main Line is fast. It's not really a high-speed line. It's just a, it, it's, it's just about scratching the surface. Although, uh, maybe in future, there'll be an episode that'll correct me on that, uh, that I might be recording tonight. We'll see. In any case, uh, no spoilers to the Patreon people who are in the chat. No spoilers about what I might be alluding to. Um, uh, in any case, uh yeah, so uh who's Genofish? Genofish, what are you on about? In any case, right, so um yeah, so you can have all the most fancy appraisal models in the world, but if your if your system does not uh does not actually move anyone uh, per hour uh, compared to existing then that the, your your models are basically uh, worthless, absolutely worthless. Right. Uh, the next one we're going on to the it's tech not transit ploy this is another absolutely typical one so this kind of refers back to this sketch really the abilities of technology one so um and there there so i'm going to talk about one particular factor of this but it, but it so so having discussed the the tech you know the, the abilities of technology and the the market uh, demand sort of uh, th- those discussions going round and round in circles and ignoring the system capacity one this is a slightly different angle but this is the reason why uh, some of these things becomes become so visible to the public eye you know Hyperloop is a thing that people know about why do they when it doesn't exist yet and, and will never exist properly like why is it so etched into people's psyche well the reason for that well let's uh, let me click a, a button here Oh, yeah, that's right. This'll cheer up the if if that loop if, if loop guy is uh, watching, the boring company fanboy is watching, this will really wind him up. Look at this, look at this. Do you remember this? This is uh No, oh, wait, let me switch off my touchy paddy thing. There we are. Uh, so so here we are. This look at this thing. This is uh this is the loop. Well, except that it isn't. This is the this is the early visualization of the loop of what it was sort of pl- proposing it was going to be, uh, to all the suckers, including that um, including lots of people actually and most critically the group that i'm going to be picking on here are tech journalists not all of them there are a few worthy exceptions uh rory kefan jones is a key one kate bevan uh alex hearn who else can i name drop you are actually all over this stuff there are a lot of uh, tech journalists who are increasingly seeing through this stuff actually i'm, I'm seeing more posts that that are seeing through the the utter nonsense um but uh <clears throat> there are a majority of and, and goodness knows what the relationship of paid articles to, to genuine articles is as well with this stuff because the the, the, the deepest pockets that the the, the organisation at like the Boring Company have are um, their their PR and press pockets but for some reason these things they get picked up uh, by tech journalists not transport journalists so the tech journalists are just looking at how snazzy this looks look at this they're going ooh it's so snazzy look at this they're going, oh look! But it goes 93 miles per hour, and there are all these tunnels. And they're not, you know, they're not, not interrogating what that actually looks like. They're not going, how did it do that? How did it slot in? The, what what signalling system? They, what what system have they got to enable that to work? And how, given that a load of people just jumped into it, how, what happened to all the ones waiting behind it for it to find a slot? And how long is the acceleration t- tunnel to actually? Jo- no one's asking that question. They're just going, ooh, fancy tubes and pods. Um, they are, so they, they look very happy in their glass box. Very nice. Don't know what these things are. I mean, I'll, I'll be a bit worried about how flat this tire is, but let's yeah, not to worry too much about that. 123 miles an hour. Amazing. It look, doesn't it look snazzy? And all the lights flashing over the top and it, it says the terminal on the front. Look at all these tunnels going everywhere. It's, it's marvellous. It's magical. Look at all these magical tunnels. This is the future I want. Uh, in any case, as you might imagine, uh, <laughs> the reality becomes very different. And so, you know, Loop is now just taxis in a tunnel. It's not—it's literally nothing more. It's just taxis, just regular taxis in a tunnel. Uh, and somehow it's been called public transport. And everyone who's everyone who was anyone who knew anything about this stuff, any, including some of the, the, the more savvy uh, or, or cynical tech journalists, but by and large sort of transport people, as soon as the suggestion was mooted, we went, uh, just be a lane of traffic buried underground. It's rubbish. And of course, that's what it's turned into. But the tech journalists make such a huge fuss about it because they don't have so because it falls into the world of tech and not transport and not sort of wider maybe fall into the wider remit of other journalists. It's getting interrogated as fancy, snazzy tech, and so the, the technology journalists are not necessarily equipped with the right understanding of of uh, how transport works, transportation systems. So they're uh, basically it means that it manages to find you get a lot of. I mean, in fact, let's let's have a look at let's, uh, let's this is. This is just me doing a quick search. Actually, I search Hyperloop article, and you look at all these articles. So, so just search Hyperloop article, and all these articles. So, ZDNet, The Guardian Tech, CNN Tech, uh, what's that? Sort of like uh, Wired. All these things that are um, technology magazines, technology websites, not transportation technology uh, transportation websites. Serious problem. So, uh, while I've got that silly picture up. Uh, let's have a look uh, at uh, at the chat shall we uh, fairly relaxed chat uh, yes exactly yeah David Shearers is saying so right about technology that's important though it is important to understand that all guided transport is a system yeah the technology thing really is is it's it's the obsession with the hypertech you know the, the tech element rather than the whole consideration of it as, as a system and and so mundane questions like how many people does it carry rely on looking at the whole system rather than a, you know, the fact that it's autonomous, it has driverless car technology in it, or it's autonomous, or it's you know whatever gimmick that they come up with. It goes, it's like it's in a fancy vacuum tube, you know, all this junk. Um, let's see. Uh, Michael C asks, is it fair to say that the only thing Hyperloop is good for is replacing plane flights on journeys that are too long for HSR or some sort of intercontinental travel? Uh, no, Michael, because the capacity is so low that you for the, for probably substantially lower cost and and, and arguably a reduced uh, greenhouse gas emission, uh, you know, GHG emissions. Just transport everyone in private jets. Be a lot more straightforward, a lot cheaper, a lot safe. Well, you know, a lot, a lot more easily uh, deployable. Um, for example, there's not enough steel in the world to build a hyperloop tube between, you know, the UK and uh, and New York. You know, it's, it's it's just the idea that you can have fixed infrastructure connecting the, the, those two cities is, is is barking mad. So no, I'm afraid that there is no solution where it makes sense. I was asked this on, um, I'll plug this again later. I was asked this on Tech Ten. It's like, ah, but are there places where Hyperloop could be a good idea? You know, like Abu Dhabi to Dubai. It's like, no, private jet is probably less damaging to the environment. So uh, what other questions have we got? Let's have a look. Uh, Ella, the developer, is being uh, embarrassed or no, appreciating that British Rail's uh, IC125 is faster on a good day. Yep, it's true. Uh, Although the 802 is even faster uh lol I'm, I'm wagging my glasses while i say that um euro bloke 26 have you seen the issues about the electric car uh, blog uh, electric electric no i haven't you have to tell me all about it uh let's have a look yes uh matt reed uh been asked what time you're planning on finishing tonight well i'm aiming to finish not too far off time how are we doing 43 minutes in so i'm hoping to finish this on the hour we'll see well um how much maintenance will Hyperloop need? Goodness knows. Goodness knows. Uh, but those pumps to me look like a maintenance, like absolute maintenance liability. And you'll need loads of them. And also you'll need to have se- section seals. A bit like track circuit, you need to have section seals right the way through. So maintenance-wise, it's just going to be a huge, huge liability. Anyway, right. So um, and yeah, this is the trajectory. This is the standard trajectory of this junk, uh, which is and this was actually from Cam. So here you've got actual mass transit, and then you're converting it to a bus with a small tunnel around it. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the standard trajectory for the stuff. It's, I, I, I pointed out in my article that Loop has taken this precise trajectory. It's converted. It says steps to mass transit cost reduction. It's like, well, yeah, you do reduce the cost of mass transit if you make it not mass transit anymore. Anyway, uh, as I said, yeah, it, having journalists who, inter- who are able to interrogate that and, and also disseminate suitably rigorous rebuttals based, again, not around the technology but around the, the transport system is, is very rare. It's difficult to, to spot that stuff right uh this is the next one, and we're going to feature some bionic duckweed in here for the benefit of uh, Roger Ford although Roger pay attention to people who are telling you about stop you know listen to people who are telling you about things to do with uh, gender and and using inclusive language please uh, everyone needs to do better on that but Roger you're getting yourself into hot water on that just listen to the younger generation come on now anyway number four the what if we're wrong ploy featuring bionic duckweed well this is a this is a common common one and it's one of the reasons why you often see um, uh, Ella, no, I don't use Edge. I use Edge when I'm capturing um, when I'm capturing video of, of browsers because it's kind of a bit of a funny thing to do. I, I got you. I, I'm a Chrome user, which to be fair is as funny because Chrome is is the ram hogger general. Anyway, the what if we're wrong ploy. What do I mean by that? Let's skip to this uh, Noel Dolphin, who um, is a Patreon supporter. Actually, thanks Noel. Thumbs up. Uh, made this pretty funny co- uh, comic strip, series of comic strips um, about uh, <laughs> basically it was a it was a transport committee uh transport select committee session talking about uh decarbonization and the, he made these two comics which are comic strips which is of to be fair i'm being a, a, a little bit um mean to uh to the chair here um because uh to an extent he was playing devil's advocate however the, the, you still it's the the devil's advocate is fine but it gets picked up you need to be more conscious because it gets picked up by the uh Don't play devil's advocate by asking stupid questions, basically. Um, The two questions that that, that our our boy here, what's his name? Hugh Merriman, isn't it? Two questions that Hugh's asking. Who, actually? Is he? Well, who, Who? Yeah. The two questions who is asking. One is, but isn't there too much focus on electrification? And then the next one is, do we put all work into electrification when new tech is around the corner? These are the two reasons why gadget bands manage to find their way into the eyes, ears, mouths wherever it happens to be, of of the political class, and it's because they hate committing to the right, easy solution that's right in front of them, because they fear that a better, easier solution will arrive tomorrow that that no one's told them about. And it's an eternal challenge, a really eternal challenge. Um, Yeah, so uh, it's just like... This, and this is something in the case of electrification is, is is a battle we've been fighting for a very long time. So the first report, the first national report on electrification, actually was out in like the nineteen, the late nineteen tens, I think. Um, but possibly, you know, we've had basically every decade we've had a new national challenge by the industry about why it's a good idea to do electrification. That was nineteen eighty one, which you remember from the APT episode. We uh, we talked about this one, and again I referred to it in the TDNS, I think, as well, uh, the Traction Decarbonisation Network Strategy, which is. What came out this year, 2020, which is is by far the most detailed work that anyone in the world has ever done on justifying the national need for electrification. Uh, and I was, I was in a conference. I was speaking at a conference in um, in Colombia, actually, uh, where I recommended that they go and download this document uh, because it's it's uh, it's a document that the work that lots of parts of the world should be using and referencing. So fantastic bit of work there. Despite all this uh, effort, You know, and the suggestion that oh, it's always all about electrification. Well, no, it isn't. It is not. Uh, this is a graph from Project Fizzy Knitting. Thanks, Gary, for letting me borrow this one. Uh, I think he put it on Twitter anyway, so it's it's all right. I don't think I'm stealing anything. And everyone's sort of seen this graph anyway, right? So this is the graph showing how many single track kilometers. So that's uh, if you've got one kilometer of double track, that's two single track kilometers. How many single track kilometers of electrification have happened every year? So you can see a little bit in the late 19 or the mid 1910s big surge of third rail electrification happening on the southern between 25 and 39 obviously the war kiboshed that somewhat and then you've got modernization uh where you've got the west coast mainline being electrified you've got glasgow suburban uh you've got the extension up to glasgow of, of the west coast mainline electrification in the in the early 70s so there's a bit of there's a bit of a gap between 69 and 71 but then a, a reasonable flow and then a drop again in the late 70s early 80s uh, battling its way through the through the Thatcher government, and um, to find its way to, to East Coast main electrification, and then a huge drop, a vacuum in, in that sort of work, and then actually what looks compar- comparatively small in terms of the number of kilometres being electrified, um, but uh, yeah, so it's, but that was you know it was such less than ever we'd uh, electrified before in terms of peak years, but the industry was so ill prepared for it that it stumped us really, um, yeah, but not on all projects, but on two you know on, on Great Western and on Northwestern electrification big bad plans but because of this idea that there's a because of the idea that there's something that we might have around the corner the app the slightest kind of the wind blows ever so slightly and politicians run for the hills and cancel everything in sight it's an absolutely dismal situation uh and it's true for gadget bands so it's true for the idea of just building metro systems one of the reasons you 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 look at um uh the the former transport uh minister the the former secretary of state of transport chris grayling Came out with a barbaric statement uh, that it's not the job of the t- Department for Transport to drive modal share. Thankfully, his predecessor has overwritten that and said that mod- and did a position paper about modal share. Despite the fact that words more than actions, none of his actions have done anything about modal share. Um, but uh, Chris Grayling embodies that idea that it's oh it's not it's not the business of government to try and you know instigate change you know and and he did say in the same quote uh, Lillian Greenwood can back me up on this one she as I think she tweeted about it at the time and in fact she was cheering at the time so she was quizzing him uh, and she pointed at you know, and he said that autonomous vehicles will change the way people travel no they won't driverless cars will not change the way people travel driverless cars are just cars. Anyway, that's the next section. So anyway, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, it's, I'm sighing, probably loud, long, dismal sighs at all of this stuff. <sighs> so the political will often comes from the fear of what's next, and so that's another bubble that you have to burst. You have to argue that you have to argue that case, and, and just sort of almost holding a mirror up to politicians to point out their 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 fallibility on that front is not a bad idea. Uh, and indeed, for the case of electrification, you know, the work has been done. The TDS, the TDNS, has shown that. The only solution, wide, the only wide-scale solution to electrification, to decarbonization is electrification. These are the single-track kilometres that the TDNS spat out. I don't know if David was David Shears was on this one last time, um, but uh, yeah, this this graph basically sums up the TDNS in one tweet. So you've got of 15,400 single-track kilometres. Only 13,000 single-track kilometres can be resolved with hydrogen, which makes sense because they're some of the longer rural fringe lines. Only 800 single-track kilometres. Can be resolved with battery power, so those are really just in little infill bits and pieces, and the lion's share—thirteen thousand of those fifteen thousand four hundred single-track kilometers—just require full-blown conventional electrification. Anyway, there we are. So, so often in the case with these with these things, you have to you have to really push on the evidence, and it, and it's presenting the evidence to politicians, so they they run out of corners to hide in and shout. But what about the future? It's doing the it's doing the analysis. Unfortunately, that can sometimes be time consuming. But industry should not wait for government to tell it to do that analysis. It's so frustrating that the TDNS was enacted by government, but essentially Network Rail was told to create it. Network Rail should have created the TDNS back in 2007. It Really, should have created it when it was when it when it was initialized after taking over from Track. But anyway, Oh, and the last ploy, the AM versus FM ploy, which is which we're going to talk about driverless cars again. So. Uh, I'm not going to look at the questions quite yet because uh, I'm going to try and keep on top of, um, I'm going to try and keep on top of uh, time we have. It's 1953. Okay, well, well, let's see, shall we? Let's see. The AM versus F M ploy. Now, A M is uh, is actual machines, and F M is is fucking magic. That's the that's basically those are technical terms. So I I don't feel bad for using the language. They're technical terms to describe different systems. And uh, let's let's have a look at some pictures, shall we? So here's a picture. Uh, do you know what, this is this is um, I think this is called retrofuturism, but this is the, these are the sort of graphics that have been drawn in the 1950s, right So the 1950s people were drawing all sorts of graphics about what the future was going to look like. Um, uh, so let's uh, oh, there's there's lots of chat going on we'll come, I'll come back to that later. so here this is the 1950s a little sketch of what, what's going on in the future and uh, let's have a what, what else do we have? I've never listened to music for this. Oh, God, the music's really bad. It's quite loud as well, I'd imagine. Is it? is it loud? Sorry if it's really loud. I need a censor it Nah, I don't mind swearing. The most offensive things people say are generally uh, don't involve swear words. The F word is literally my favourite language uh, my favourite word in the English language. It's absolutely stunningly versatile and beautiful word. Anyway, uh, look at this. It's exactly the same nonsense. It's just the same nonsense. Let's have another look at this picture. So here's another, another picture of... Uh, of uh, some uh, retro futurism going on here. Yeah, they're playing dominoes inside a, inside a car that seems to be driving along without them driving it. Oh, look! And it's a, it's another modern visualization of precisely the same dis- horrifying dystopia. You know, it's seeing a pattern here. Let's try another one. Oh, what's this? Okay, this is uh, seems to be like a pod-based thing on stilts, going above tracks. It look, looks very uh, looks very sort of um, wily e. coyote here. That's very uh, sort of Looney Tunes, isn't it? Oh look, and it's precisely the same thing in a modern visualization. These are all the same thing. All of these are the same thing. It's all just people's ability to draw their wildest dreams. And it just so happens to be that those wildest dreams, when you actually unpick them from an engineering or a socioeconomic perspective, are a horrifying dystopia. Uh, and that's certainly true for the that's certainly true for the driverless cars nonsense. Like, we're just talking about more cars, everyone. It's just more cars. That's all that that just means more cars it's no more complicated than this so um uh, anyway yeah so um it could be Detour is pointing out the, the frequency of, of usage of the f word um, in in ireland c- compared to uh, the us yeah i know right and, and in any case um yeah David Shearer is, is, is desperately trying to work out why do we need to spend this time and energy – why do we need to spend time and nervous energy on Hyperloop when its ultimate failure is inevitable? It's not It's not even a thing that will be – it won't even exist to fail. This is a joke. There'll be it'll, it'll downgrade itself to the point where it's just a roller coaster between Abu Dhabi and Dubai for a few rich people to take, and they'll hail it as a success, it's just like Loop. It's exactly the same thing. Uh Jared Johnson, all that oil for the concrete—very green. Yeah, well, indeed, and we have to agree We have to continue to green up concrete. um You know, creating. The, anyway, yeah, we, we can. T- at some point, I'm going to get um, one of my colleagues on to talk about uh, cement actually, uh, and and how it how we can make it more environmentally friendly. We all, we already had uh, Prab on talking about that that sort of subject. So I need to get need to get another one of my colleagues on to talk about it. She's she's a, she literally has a PhD in cement. So you know, what can I say? In any case, the reason I showed you these pictures is because. Um, it's the idea, It's this idea of AM versus FM. The, the, you can draw the most stunning visualization. You like, I mean, look at this thing. It looks very snazzy. I mean, it looks like a city skyline screenshot. Frankly, you know, I, I, there's a distinct lack of any obvious real city in there. It's just lots of, you know, like. Uh, anyway, the point being, this is this. It looks wonderful because it doesn't exist in reality. It exists in uh, in a three D fancy three D model. It exists in the mind of the Photoshop. You know, the 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 artist who's created it. Uh, no, And, it, and it's as true for when they start creating their business models. They can come up with the most fanciful suggestions about construction costs because it's never been done for, because it doesn't exist in reality. So all their costings can be as marvelous and fanciful and paint it as far cheaper than the alternatives, when actually the reality is that construction is messy and complicated and tricky and fiddly and things go wrong and business cases fall to bits because business cases are often hashed together by people who have no idea what they're talking about anyway. Um, and indeed, or generally, even if the people do know what they're talking about, they're built, you know, the business cases are built on systems that, that were never hoped to capture the benefits of national infrastructure or indeed regional or local infrastructure. The, the reality is that engineering, transport, uh, moving people and things around is complicated, fiddly, imperfect, messy. And so, all that glo- look at the- all that glory and, and tidiness. You never see a hyperloop uh, visualization where they're actually building the damn thing, do you? In any case, the reality is that that transport is messy. It's impossibly busy and messy. It's just it's just oh, it's just it's nightmarishly frustrating to, to to kind of go around in the circles with this. And so it's it's the idea that politicians as well buy into this wonderful glorious looking FM world when actually the the reality is AM. The reality is unavoidably AM. And so, a lot of, what is the problem then? What's the problem? Well I've, I've given you all these five ploys, uh, which I should have relisted again. What, what, what were they? Let's can we can we back through these at high speed? Yeah, go on. Let's let's see. So we have the uh, we had uh, number one. It's the future ploy. We have the number two. The the, the bait and switch ploy. Uh, we had number three. The uh, it's tech not transit ploy, uh, 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 and the four. What if we're wrong ploy? Number five, the uh, I should have had the uh, top of the pops music playing. Uh, number five is the M versus F ploy. I should have also done an epilepsy warning. Given how many f- bright things have just flashed up on screen, my sincere apologies if anyone's photosensitive. Um, probably a bit late now, actually. Uh, and um, so all those ploys. What's the problem? Well, well, so, what's it, so what? Like uh, you know, even if a little bit of public money gets spent on these things, you know, it's research, right? So it's good. It's employing people. It's positive. The trouble is, um, if you pursue, meanwhile, the world gets this. This is the problem with gadget bands. is that in reality, people get this. They get pacers. They get junk trains. They get r- rubbish services. They get two hourly services. They get a bus service that gets canceled. They get um, told to book taxis. They they have t- railway stations that are inaccessible. They have uh, you know colossal, uh, massive failures in timetable that result in them having to lose their job. They get strike action. They get all these things that are the result of poor... Uh, management of of existing systems systems that we have now that work. This is basically the consequence. So I just have to say that, that, that fundamentally uh, the reason you have to fight gadget bands is because otherwise you get pacers, which in and of itself a pacer is a bit of a gadget band. But that's for a future episode. oh basically the result, and I've whizzed through that. I have absolutely hammered through that. Uh, you must, you must, you must call out gadget bands wherever and whenever you see them. Absolutely critical. And when you do it, don't just do it for you know. Don't just do it on Twitter. Get so in my case, the thing, the power I have is that I write and it gets picked up by you know the local newspaper in in Cambridge picked up my, one of the local newspapers picked up my my fighting about. Uh, cam, and it, uh, to the point where I ended up meeting Mayor James Palmer, who got incredibly red and sweaty when uh, I pointed out that the whole thing was a scam. He became hugely defensive in a very hilarious way and started getting very legalistic. So uh, that's definitely reassures you about how clean the whole thing is. In any case, I'm sure that's short of libel. That's probably fine, right? Um, as I said, I've, I've merely made humorous implications. Uh, my lawyer says that's fine. In any case... Um, you just got to call it out. So, in the for my case, writing for yourselves, it's writing to your MP. It's um, getting involved in local transport, you know, in, in local transport planning stuff, uh, sort of uh, planning uh, in, uh, applications, emailing councillors, emailing MPs, emailing your elected representatives, getting involved as much as you can. And contacting your elected representatives is like the main way that 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 normals like ourselves um can can get involved i mean tweeting people is is not it's not a bad start to build momentum occasionally but the reality is for in most cases you need to be writing to your elected officials point this stuff out absolutely point this stuff out um oh have a drink oh oh i needed that so given that i've got this up and given that it's what is it okay i'm a little bit late um but i'm doing all right because we're nearly that's i think that's the last slide so i'm going to go back through and have a look at the chat now. here so um Eurostar lover 009 says i like how they think they could use solar panels to power the whole system yeah that's a point that bebop made in his presentation that it's all powered by solar panels uh, like i'm pretty sure a back of uh, cigarette packet calculation could show you the surface area you need is far greater than the length of the system not to mention that uh, anyway yeah junk what else have we got here um, why don't people selling traditional rail just tell the same ridiculous lies, but at the end we have usable infrastructure? Josh, that's a very good point. The trouble is we're bound by the reality that we've created ourselves. We're bound by this AM reality. Other thing, we're, Because we're anchored and bound by it, we can't because we get called out as charlatans, rightly so. And indeed, as you've seen with High Speed 2, whenever people start using some of the same language that you associate with these things, they get called out for it because... Uh, for all sorts of complicated reasons that I'm sure we could get into, but I'm not going to know. But actually, when it does happen, they get called out for it. Um, people get they get called wasteful. You get called, uh, you know, the taxpayers, the Tax Dodgers Alliance get involved and all this stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, all that stuff. Mike Whitcomb, would the Wuppertal suspended line come under this category in your opinion, for example? Yes, is uh, an interesting one because it is a gadget ban. But, 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 it, it it does have its it, it's one of those ones that sort of does have its own limited application. You could suggest that it might have been easier for them to just have a a, a kind of in the structure they built, they could have just um, put a, an elevated tram line, a bit like a bit like the L in in um, you know various various L systems in, in North America. They could have just done that, and it would have been uh, easier to roll out, easier to replace rolling stock. And it's that that's why it's still a gadget band, but it doesn't necessarily totally write it off as as, as uh, a folly um it's not an unreasonable question uh what else have we got here so i think that's all the chat i'm not seeing many red things lovely um so uh yeah very nice uh Shwebe, works well says titty one two three yeah fair point um there are lots of things that um wait what's what's this uh da, 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 da. yeah i think we've been all right in the oh, slancher gordon yeah nice one slancher um yeah i think we've been the chat hasn't been too inundated by the musk fans because probably because our poor musk fan who i was who did a thread earlier but i i'm having muted so i only noticed because people were responding to the tweets that i was added into um bless uh, in any case um what a shame so uh, yeah it doesn't seem to have surfaced never mind in any case that was the episode i don't know how good that was in audio only mode but as as ever these these are uh, these are available in uh, in all good podcasting for all good po- podcasting sources um, uh, david Shearers is pointing out that we shouldn't write off all novel transport the thing is even the heathrow pods are a, they're a gadget ban it's poddy it's personal rapid transit they you know they it's uh they they have their they have their minimal uses but out, they they can still it can be a gadget ban but still you know still function um I think that's yeah. You know, I think it's quite clear when there are better alternatives that could be utilised, and that's when it when a gadget ban becomes criminal. And I found out from our our very esteemed former guest um, John Stone pointed out, that I've finally broken the audio format. It turns out that my um, scenic rail tours of around, of around an hour in length don't work very well in audio only format. And for all the podcast listeners who listened to that and were just sighing in disbelief and anger and, and throwing their phone across the room and just generally being very upset and spitting their earphones out, their earpods out of their I don't know. What do people do with their with their airpods? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I I I don't know. With their poddy earphones. I've gone off on one about earphones. Why? In any case, they're all very upset. I, I can only apologise. Um anyway, hopefully this one is better. Um and the standard finish closing stuff. Uh, go on the Discord for all the nonsense. Gareth uk slash Discord. Um if you want to chuck me pennies, PayPal.me is very good for that. Paypal.me slash Gareth Dennis. And the Patreon is where you get to find out about what episode I'm recording tonight with a very special guest. Uh, it's where you get to find out, uh, it's where you get to input into, for example, this episode. So I was having a nice chat about, that's a fairly rapid chat because today was uh, absolutely nightmarish from a work perspective. But um, yeah, we chat about uh, all good things related to um, uh, yeah the episodes and, and I ask lots of, you know, you have input and um, also as Patreons, you you do get the chance, chance to appear as guests as well. Um so, all that good stuff. Uh, lots of sneak peeks in there, I hope. Uh, and I'll be putting more on the actual Patreon website as well. I think I put all the... So, uh, Patreons, for example, all the Patreons know every single episode now between now and, uh, and next year. So, that's very exciting. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's very good. Oh, okay. Some ads. Some ads, Some plugs. First plug, um, I think I mentioned this last uh, last week. I was on um, BBC World Service Tech Tent uh, with uh, Rory Cachlan-Jones talking about Hyperloop. So if you want to listen to Hyperloop, have a listen to that. It's quite funny comparing that episode, the the, the, the episode from a couple of weeks ago, with uh, my first appearance on Tech Tent, which was my first BBC appearance, actually, um, three years ago, uh, where I was much more measured and, and, um, and wanting everyone to be happy uh, in my responses, whereas, although hopefully still fairly on the nose, but this time I was uh, a little more blunt, shall we say. Also, I was in a fantastic little um, episode of, um, of People Fixing the World with uh, with Richard Kenny. Uh, it's another BBC World Service uh, podcast, actually. It's really, really good. And it's all about solar trains. And you might go, oh, boo, which is exactly what I did when I first uh, heard about it. But actually, have a listen to the episode. I basically pop up throughout the, the episode as the voice of reason, um, for better or worse. And hopefully it comes to the end and, and you get a nice, uh, there's a, kind of a nice, uh, yeah, it's 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 a really good episode actually. Richard Kenny was a was was a fantastic host and and really interested in the source material and interested in interested in representing the subject matter correctly, which which was really great actually. Um, what else have we got? Oh yes, yes, yes. Next week, Lindsay Broadwell is joining us to talk about e-bikes, um, possibly also to mention trolleybuses and nuclear power, but mostly e-bikes <laughs> for episode thirty-eight. So that'll be good. Uh, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have an elected official on the on the. Uh, on the, podca- on, on the podcast, on, on the show. That'll be fun, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, that'll be good. Right, so we have some... some, some. Uh, oh, uh, James P., copy-paste of John Christoph's question. How do you respond to the argument that maximizing capacity is unnecessary because project location lacks a population to justify Thames-like, Thameslink-like throughput? Uh, well, my answer is if you go for it... So, so if you go for a system that has the ability to um, eventually deliver that, you can cater for growth. But also, uh, given that the railway can achieve Thameslink-like capacity... And also can achieve, you know, when you've got a much lower throughput on that system, it, it does, this is where you, you have a scaling system. Nodes before modes is my point. Is I'm not saying that you should have a huge complicated system for an area where you don't need it, but you need to look at nodes, you need to look at the, the market you're delivering, the market you're delivering for, the population, the, the expected population, and match a system to that. So I'm not suggesting that you should have high speed two connecting, uh, you know, connecting, I don't know, what's a good example? Connecting Inverness and Aberdeen—it just—it doesn't make any sense to have a, a high-speed line connecting Inverness and Aberdeen. However, it does make sense to upgrade the line to dual-track dual right the way through and have a much more frequent service. So there are um, there are there are lots of lots of things like that. There are people asking me techie questions about uh, Hyperloop. Don't do that, as I've just said, not to do that. <laughs> it's not. Don't worry about the tech; it's irrelevant. We need to talk about the system and the wider the, the wider questions about capacity. Um, for Hyperloop so yes uh, Matt Reed asks if the UK has any trolleybuses no I don't think we do have any trolleybuses do we we ought to trolleybuses are brilliant in any case right I've gone off on one enough, plenty enough about that uh, where are we uh, Sarah's going woo about Lindsay yeah Sarah your, your time is coming you better, you better believe it you're going to be coming on here to talk about all things Leeds it's going to happen um, anyway right uh, let's see we can't put them in and we can't hear the people over the sound of our AirPods Pro in any case right <laughs> it's quite enough of that all it matters is for me to, to sort of um, bang my table, take my last sip of beer, mm. and say, yeah, stop HS2R all for Hyperloop. There they are. It's to say thanks so much for joining me for this episode. It's, it's run on a little bit longer, but hopefully not too long. Um, thanks to all my Patreon supporters. You're all brilliant and marvellous. Thanks to everyone who runs the, the admin team who run the Discord. And hopefully this was an interesting episode. I will see you all next week. I am going to now go and collapse uh because i've got another episode to record tonight uh, hooray! uh and all i'm gonna do is, is 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 just bring this in here and then take it out without saying anything so the people in audio have no idea what that was but that's fine uh in any case once my camera focuses it i'm just gonna basically say um cheerio really <laughs> cheerio you've all been lovely it's been a pleasure cheerio